In perhaps the most emotionally charged sitting of Tynwald I've ever witnessed, the former Health Minister Rob Collister MHK was found to have breached Tynwald's standards. Mr Collister accepted the findings and gave a full apology to Tynwald, but made clear that he had always tried to live up to the highest standards of openness, honesty and integrity. It is fair to say that you had a difficult Tynwald this month, but ultimately you agreed to accept the will of Tynwald and apologised to the President. There's two parts, obviously, to this. There is before the vote, um, because I had some serious reservations over the investigation and some of its findings, and then after that there's the vote. And as a Timwell member, I absolutely fully respect Timwell Court more than anything else. So therefore, when Timwell voted, it was absolutely the right decision on behalf of my constituents and myself to accept, respect and acknowledge the findings of the court and to offer that full and sincere apologies. And I would just like to take this opportunity just to put on record my sincere thanks to those Timwell members that stood up and spoke so warmly and kindly on my behalf. And on behalf of my family, I really do appreciate that because it was highly emotional and was incredibly difficult for me to make an apology for something in my heart that I genuinely didn't do. But as I've said, I do respect the findings of Timmel Court. Several members who spoke obviously found the whole experience a very emotional thing. Michelle Hayward, who who effectively set out the, the case for the prosecution, and indeed the comments that you made prior to your apology, it was clear that uh, you yourself uh, were, were quite emotional. There was a lot of emotion in Tinwell, probably more emotion in Tinwell than I've ever known. Is there anything you regret about the whole incident? <laughs> I think I probably regret taking the appointment back in September when I was so grateful to be given the opportunity by the Chief Minister. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. I went into the department with good intention. And as you say, anyone who's worked with me knows that I'm open, honest and transparent. And that's what hurts in all this. And I am so grateful again to my colleagues standing up and defending me and saying, you know, those who've worked with me have found me to be open, honest and transparent. But something fundamentally went wrong in that department over a very short period of time. You know, I've always tried to reflect on those events. But there is part of this report and part of this investigation that just do not stack up. And um, I wish, you know, all of my evidence could be put in the public domain so people can make their own opinions rightly or wrongly. But we are where we are. The apology was given. It's time to move on. Are you worried about uh, comments that were made by the health minister. It's not entirely clear what he was trying to say. It appeared that he was saying both in relation to the whole uh, incidents and events that led up to your sacking, but also the the year prior to that where the um, a, a number of very senior civil servants ended up uh, going on gardening leave and um, many people believe effectively they were told either you jump now or you'll be sacked um, do, are, are you worried about um, the, this level of fear that there appears to be amongst uh, Uh, senior civil servants? Yeah, a serious concern and I've worked with so many civil servants over the last six years and if anyone um, tells me that the morale is low in a department or something then I would listen and I would always try and look out for the civil servants. I think one thing that really seriously concerns me about this investigation is one of the comments that's been made against me. It was saying that I engaged in repeated inappropriate comments which undermined the dignity at work of civil servants. Now, I've only been made aware of one 
comment during the investigation, which is the one that I'm going to the gallows. If I'm going to the gallows over this, then I'll bring my friends with me, which may or may not have been said in a private meeting between senior civil servants and myself. But to me, it has never been put in the context in which it was delivered, if it was said. But it does also raise serious questions because I don't know if there's other allegations being made or comments made during the investigation because I've not seen them. So I'm having to defend myself. You've not the, seen the allegation? I've not, other than the one that's been put into the investigation report. So I've not seen any details on any other allegation or comments, but I believe there has been others. What, what friends were you referring to? Were you referring to senior civil servants? No, it was around a political decision that was made. It had no... Um, connection with operational or civil servants. So I don't understand how a civil servant can take this com this comment out of context and say it's inappropriate. Now again, if that comment was inappropriate, and I'll let the audience decide if they feel it is appropriate or inappropriate, there is a document called the Fairness at Work Policy and Guidance Document from 2015. Now this document is the government's commitment to provide a working environment in which employees are treated fairly and with dignity and with respect, and I fully appreciate that document. Now I would expect all civil servants to be aware of that document. Now what's more important is this document also sets out the procedure for dealing with inappropriate and unacceptable behaviour. So stage one of that document is to explain in person and in writing that someone's behaviour is unacceptable. Thereafter it is to seek help and if it's not resolved is to make a formal complaint. But if civil servants are too scared and the implication is they were scared of you as minister. Can they possibly follow that procedure? I think they have to, and I, I cannot believe in the circumstances. Who, who, the, who, do they, who does the complaint go to? It doesn't go to the well, minister, Well, if it's it? below the chief executive, it would go to the chief executive. The chief executive would have a word with me. And all I have at the moment is that one comment, if I'm going to the gallows, I'm going to take my friends with me. Now, again, I don't know if that's appropriate or inappropriate without putting it in the context. Now, I would have expected this procedure to be followed. Now, none of these procedures have been followed. And I think it's worth mentioning none of these allegations were made until the investigation. So I had no details of them. And this is this is quite important point that I would have expected this to be raised. We are um, elected members. We have to challenge decisions. We have to have private conversations with the most senior people in our department. And we need to talk frank about situations when we are facing really difficult situations, which I did five days in. Now, if that comment was made that, uh, you know, I do apologize for that. But at the end of the day, it's got to be put in the context in which it was given. But I genuinely believed if that comment was made, I would expect this, and the civil servants didn't like it, then I would expect them to follow the procedure as it's written. But five days in, they don't know you. Can, can you see perhaps why, uh, well, maybe you needed to be a little uh, less uh, aggressive in terms of some of the language you used? I, I think it's fair to say it wasn't said aggressively. It was a conversation between myself and a senior member within the department. We were having a, an overview because he had not been in the department the previous week and I was given an overview of a very difficult situation we faced and a decision we had to take. And I can understand how that comment was made. But it so needed so to be put the comment the was made? No, I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you know yourself, Phil. You've been in Manx politics for many years. And as political members, we have a lot 
of conversations where minutes are not taken, notes are not taken, you are reviewing a situation. Now if people feel that comment is inappropriate then I apologize but at the end of the day in respect of other allegations and other comments that may have been made and may have been given to this investigation I've never seen them so I've not been given a fair opportunity to challenge or to respond to that process and that is disappointing but as I've said the apology has been given I have to find a way forward now you know it was very clear the F word was used by Michelle Haywood in response to a comment that you made which was effectively to call Michelle Thingamy. I mean, you sit next to to her in Tinwald. How on earth could you not remember her name? Okay, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think it was appropriate to call her Thingy, but I think, again, it all got to be put into the context of what was happening at the time. We had a very difficult political meeting that lasted 20 minutes, and within the report there is a quote that comes out that says, I do not want to lose my temper today. And I'm disappointed that the report has quoted that content, uh, that comment, but hasn't put it in the context. And I will read out the part that's in my actual evidence to the inquiry, because what I actually said is, is that I will be absolutely honest with the committee when I say at some point during the meeting, I did say, I do not want to lose my temper. But it was said calmly, quietly and measured and only said after a considerable period of inappropriate behaviour by the three political members. That is what I submitted to the inquiry. Now again, that line has come from my own evidence. But could you not see that that might appear threatening to uh, to, to your members? Yes, absolutely. In hindsight, I shouldn't have said it. I absolutely agree on that. But again, I submitted that to the inquiry. And I stand by it. But it's hard to put in context what actually situation I was facing. And then after that that 20-minute really difficult conversation with the political members, we then left that environment. We then went into the boardroom. I I have to admit, my, my head was spinning. I went into the boardroom, which was in the presence of civil servants, there was a question being asked and I very stupidly called Michelle Hayward thingy and I said that and I apologise for saying that but that was the response I got back. I personally felt it was very unprofessional and I think Michelle Hayward has apologised. So we have to again draw a line under all of that situation. It's something I will learn, um, learn from but I think again it's got to be put in the context around the conversations that were going on at the time. In relation to that context then, you've had experience as, as chair of the MUA, uh, but no other ministerial experience. Are you prone to bully when, when you're in, in any sort of position of power? Is this something you have a reputation for? No, power doesn't go to my head, which is, I think, what you're trying to apply. I try to work with officers. I uh, absolutely hold them to account. And as you say, I've worked under a lot of ministers. and I've worked in a lot of departments. And sometimes I've gone into difficult departments, as I did in the last administration, where no other political member would go in. Not because I found it as a challenge. It's because I respected the minister that was in post and I wanted to support them. And if you take um, the Department for Enterprise, you've got to remember that I was in that department for five years and I've been in there for a total of six years and um, I worked with officers we've had to deal with some incredibly difficult stuff but you know yourself again as as an ex-politician yourself that we have to have difficult conversations on occasions but most of the time you are supporting the team you are part of that team but you will have um, incredibly difficult conversations especially when you know 
the decisions are going to affect vast amount of people across this island and you have to make sure that those decisions are tested and you have to robustly question to make sure that the decision you're coming up with is the right decision but it's the best decision available at the time. Do you think that robustness and some might even say a slightly abrasive style that you you have uh, do you think that um, that can upset people or make people think that perhaps you're you're trying to bully them no I, I think most of the people who've worked with me would say that I'm a very kind caring person I, I do not go out of my way to upset people but what I do is I will challenge if something needs to be challenged that's our role as a as politically elected members our role is to come in to look at decisions to actually to do research and to make sure that the stuff that we're being asked to make those difficult decisions are right and sometimes civil servants will not always agree with you, as I found when I was the chairman of Max Utilities. But at the end of the day, I absolutely respected every single civil servant I ever worked with. And again, I just put on record, I'm extremely grateful for the number of civil servants that have contacted me over the last three months and actually wished me well. Have you ever had a complaint made against you, either for dishonesty or for bullying? No, I don't think there's ever been an allegation of um, dishonesty on my part. I think quite the opposite, if I'm being honest, both from um, ministers, um, from um, chief executives, from departments. I'm quite proud of that. Has there ever been an allegation of bullying? There was an incident in one department last administration where there was an incident in the department. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, Phil. Um, I thought the information the civil servant was giving to the minister was incorrect because of based on my own research and I questioned it it then it got it into quite a heated debate I then instantly um, emailed the civil servant to apologize for my behavior and I also highlighted the civil servant code of where the rules I felt that individual had broken and we left the matter there and as I say it's it does happen from a time to time but one one occasion in six years. As a result of what's happened in, in Timwald uh, this month, where does that leave the relationship between ministers and civil servants? I think it's a really good question and I go back to this fairness at work policy guidance document because if there is any inappropriate behaviour I would encourage all civil servants to report it, to log it, to put it in writing, follow the procedure. But I think going forward, I think it's going to be very difficult for ministers. I think ministers now need to be, not just ministers, but also political members, have to be more careful. If they are having private conversations, they do need to question if minutes should be taken, if notes should be taken. I think there is an element of trust now has been lost in this whole process. Because what I felt was private discussion between myself and senior executives as we were navigating our way through a difficult situation. Suddenly, five weeks later, with no sort of procedure followed, suddenly gets presented to um, an investigation. Now, we've highlighted one particular comment that's been made, but I have no evidence or no details on those other comments or other allegations have been made. Other people might have seen them, the committee might have seen them, but I've had no right to respond to them. And that, to me, is deeply concerning as an elected member. Uh, you would take your friends to the gallow, at gallows with you. You've, you've explained that that was set in a context and it, the, the friends you're referring to were politicians. Uh, maybe I'm putting words into your mouth that the civil servants in that context must have realised 
that it was politicians? Or, or, or they should there? have done. And this, again, comes down. Civil servants should know their own policies and their own rights and obligations. And again, that fairness in workplace. It clearly says, stage one says, if there is something said inappropriate in a meeting, you firstly go and speak to them. And I would expect a civil servant, if they, if it's a low-ranking civil servant, I would expect them to speak to the chief executive. I would expect the chief executive to go into the minister's office and say, well, I've just been made aware of this. I, you know, Just be a little bit careful. I would expect that conversation. None of that conversation have happened. If it happened to be, if I had some serious concerns about the chief executive, I would be speaking to the chief minister and the chief um, secretary. But if and the that, chief uh, officer felt that they were being bullied, where do they go? Well, they would go to the chief secretary and the chief secretary, possibly via the chief minister, I don't know the full process, I would expect them to ring the minister and just say, we've had a conversation with the chief executive, he's made this comment. I would expect that process to be done. What I wouldn't expect is suddenly for all this to come out um, in, a put in an investigation five weeks later. Now, again, we have to put all of this into context. As far as I'm aware, I had a very good working relationship with the civil servants throughout my time as the minister. All of this came out during an investigation. Now, I think the one thing that does need to be highlighted is the fact one of the allegations is that as I've asked a civil servant to resign. Now, any member of Timwold who'd been in, in their role within a couple of weeks should fully understand the process of what they can and can't do. And I think this is really the most important point, Phil. At the end of the day, if a civil servant had actually told me that an office, another member had asked them to resign. Firstly, I'd question that. Secondly, I'd go and speak to the member and ask them if they did say it. What I wouldn't do is side automatically with the civil servant. And again, if a civil servant had been told that, I would have expected that civil servant to have reported that to the chief executive and for the chief executive to come to me. Now again, that allegation has only come out during this investigation. And as, as I put in my appendix, to the investigation, the, the investigation report at the end. It, the evidence just does not stack up. So you didn't ask No, I didn't. There's absolutely no. You, you've been, again, Phil, you've been a minister, you've been a political member. How soon, did, when you were elected, do you realise you have no power? And to be honest... if Well, that's, that's not fair to say. You have no pa power over staffing matters, I but agree. you have a lot of power over other matters. Okay, apologies. You know, what I'm saying is is that you, have, you don't have the power to ask a civil servant to resign. And to be fair, I would expect the civil servant to tell me it is not your place. We know the difference between policy and operational. And that's the key of this. Is it, possible, is, operational. Though, is it possible though that a minister could go and drop a broad hint without using the words uh, you, you should resign. No, you, you, would, you're absolutely clear that nothing like that happened. No, and I would, and, if, and again, I've thought about this very carefully, and if I was a political member in a department and somebody told me a minister said that, the first thing I would do is go and speak to the minister because my allegiance is to the minister and the department. I'd go and ask him what's going on. And, and then I would encourage that civil servant to report it correctly in the right procedure. And this, again, has just not happened. And again, we are talking pre the Timwell vote here. I think it's very important. I have accepted the outcome of the Timwell vote. I have apologised and I will be moving on. But I think it's very clear, very important that I try to clear up some of the points today. Why do you think an independent inspector found 
that you had been in breach of the, the two matters in relation to Tynwald standards? Well, I think one of them was very clear. He basically said that either the four individuals have, have got grouped together to conspire against me, or he believes me. And he said, wait, the possibility he's gone that direction. But as I say, I go back to the fact I don't believe any Timbal member honestly believes that another Timbal member would ask an officer to resign. And yet, several very senior civil servants have mysteriously all decided that in one year they would all decide to uh, to actually spend more time in their gardens and, and leave, leave their positions. Is that just a coincidence? Well, it wasn't caused by myself and certainly wasn't caused by my time as the health minister. But the Isle of Man government is going through a significant change and there is a lot of interim chief executives in post. And I say I'd like to put on record there are some fantastic civil servants across the island doing a brilliant job day in, day out. I just wish we could go back in time and sort some of this out because a lot of this could have been resolved through discussion. Because if people had, if I had made an inappropriate comment, it should have been picked up straight away, as the policy says. It shouldn't have been fested and then suddenly presented as evidence to an investigation. We all have to learn from this. And it's not just myself as an MSK. And I have to find a way forward because I now have this hanging over me that I that this, this report has found me to be, um, I wouldn't say totally dishonest but there's part of it you know there is part of it which says that I am am dishonest and that really hurts me Hmm. because I'm anything but that Uh, I mean you say that this was allowed to fester and then comes out in in an investigation the only reason that investigation happened was because you were unwilling to accept any uh, mediation on the part of the committee or find ways with the chief minister the chief minister apparently offered ways in which uh, you know the the public furore could have been avoided no I think again it's got to be put in the context you've got to go back to November And the original discussion I had with the Chief Minister on the 9th of November was the three members felt that I was incompetent and the Chief Minister had to choose... But they claim that they never used those And that's never been found in the investigation. But we have to put it in the context of this investigation. So that was the comment that was made. Thereafter, the Chief Minister said to me he had to make the decision between keeping the three members or, or keeping myself. He made that decision. Then obviously when I was pushing, because it's absolutely right when people are saying you're incompetent and you don't believe you are, you do push back. And there there was no way I was going to accept a scripted letter of resignation for something I hadn't done. And that's at the heart of this. I do not mind. I've always taken responsibility for my own mistakes. How close a relationship do you think you can have with the three Timbald members that were involved in this uh, this whole I think uh, it goes escapade? I think it goes beyond the three members I think I feel very bruised I feel very let down in some in many ways um, but I also have to acknowledge and accept my own failings along the way you know could I've done things differently I'm not sure um, because I was put in difficult positions I was kind and caring to the civil servants I worked with I was trying to do my very best but they didn't see it that way they didn't but again none of this happens until it came out in the investigation so it's going to take a long time for relationships to be rebuilt and it's not just with the three members I think it's going to take a lot of time for relationships amongst a lot of Timwell members this has had a serious effect on a lot of Timbal members and for me that you know I have to apologize for that because I didn't want anyone to sit in Timwell court on Tuesday I didn't want anyone to see what was unfolding on on Tuesday you know especially the committee you know my other colleagues the three members 
it was a very difficult and painful situation all unfolding in front of the public and as far as I am concerned once this interview is concluded then I'm drawing a line under this I will then try to look forward and I will be focusing on serving my constituents to the very best of my ability and continuing to hold people to account for the decisions we're making and making sure that those decisions are right for not just for my constituents in Onken but also for the people of this island. That was former Health Minister Rob Collister, MHK, giving his side of the events that led up to his sacking. Can a line now be drawn under this, as Mr Collister suggests, or will this continue to plague Tinwildon government in the years to come? Don't forget this programme is available as a podcast on Manx Radio's website. For now, though, I'm Phil Gorn. Goramayo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>